Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. So you say you have superhero fatigue. You know, between DC TV and Marvel movies and DC movies and Marvel shows on Netflix and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I've spent a lot of hours this year watching superhero stories. You're not even going to throw your kids under the bus for this one? Because uh, I would throw your kids under the bus for and, this Okay, one. and then we'll throw in... Um, a the, Black Panther uh, toy is looking at us right now. He is looking at us. Um, and the Avengers show on Disney XD. And uh, Justice League Action, which is actually a, a rare gem. I still kind of like watching that one. <laughs> um, and every other... And I have yeah, three children who I am constantly bombarded with superhero-related things. I'm... I think I need a little break from superheroes right now. And you know what the funny thing is for me, and especially because we can tell on this podcast, if you listen to me talk about Avengers, if you listen to me talk about any... I, I, how many superhero things did we discuss this year? I know we discussed Iron Fist Season 1 last year. I can't even keep track anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, basically, I've been kind of with the, the superhero fatigue for a little bit. I think there are two stages of superhero fatigue. There's, or these two types of people that experience it. The type of person that hates the fact that everything is superheroes now, and the person that's just like, man, I just need a break for a while. It was superheroes right now are for me like, I had Chinese for lunch this morning. I had lo mein, shrimp lo mein, and pork fried rice. And an going egg way roll. too detailed. No, no, no. An egg roll You've had and... Chinese for the last five days. <laughs> And it's starting to sound like pizza's a good idea right, right. about but now. It was, it was specifically the feeling, though, of after lunch, where I was, I felt the need, like, I had to finish it. And then I ate those little, like, fried noodle things with duck sauce. Um, and by the time it was done, it was just, like, I couldn't possibly eat anything else. And I didn't want to look at Chinese food for a week. But right now, if you ask me if I want Chinese food, I want Chinese food. <laughs> so when my point is, is I think that's where I, where I am though I'm where I was at 1 o'clock today where I've just this sounds I've, like you are really bad at metaphors dude where I'm just I have been consuming superhero media wholesale for at such a high quantity that I just I need a little break until dinner and I understand that the funny thing is I was where you were until the Spider-Man game came out on PS4, and as I was playing it and enjoying it, I reached a point where I wanted more, so that's why I finally started watching the Netflix uh, Marvel like season twos, all of them. Interesting. Because um, I'm on Iron Fist now. I watched Jessica Jones, I watched Luke Cage, and now I'm on Iron Fist. And with Iron Fist, I might be ready to move on after that <laughs> but uh is that always the case though um no the 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 funny thing is it, it comes in waves it really does because when you want when i'm in a mood for something it's like you know i really want stuff that conveys this sort of idea but then it kind of gets tiresome because so many superhero stories are doing the same thing and i don't even mean that in like the the like every marvel movie feels the same way i mean there's, like every, every every in some fashion every one of the Marvel Netflix shows is is doing stuff regarding what does it mean to be a hero and or what kind of hero you want right, there's to only be. there's only so many types of superhero stories right yes and there's also it's funny because you have the 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 conflict between Peter Parker and Mary Jane in the Spider-Man game where Peter Parker's like no I have to do this on my own and Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and now Iron Fist all somehow do that in their season two with certain mm -hmm. characters or with certain situations. And it's like, is this like, is this where we are all the time with superheroes? Like, is this the this, only long-form drama you can have with personal people? Right, like, there are a limited number of, of tropes, sort of superhero tropes and cliches, that sort of bind together all of these stories, right? So yep. you have the hero faces an evil version of themselves. That's like one, right? Where it's okay. Or... Um, a version of themselves 
their per- how their personal life deals with it. Like again, like right. what everyone's dealing with is learning to accept help, kind of a deal. Right, right. That's that's the other one. Learning to accept help, the uh, taking on so a team or a yes. sidekick. I can't do this all on my own. How yeah. many times have we heard somebody say? How many I, times I, has Batman needed to accept and recruit Robin? Like, and part of it's because we're in our thirties and stuff. Like we're, we've seen this right. enough. Whereas your kids, it's like the first time they see how Robin joins Batman. It's like, oh man, it's the first time. Or but it's like, I, I've seen Dark Victory. I've seen the cart. Well, the cartoon. He was sort of always there and was, not. Yeah, it's was, weird. They it's didn't weird. really do. They, they did an episode on it, but. And they also, they did like a little episode of like, of Nightwing resenting Batman a little bit towards the end. But it wasn't, it wasn't like. There was there wasn't that whole. If you watch the Flash, I feel like the Flash is the worst with this one, um, where it's like every other episode is like Barry Allen, man, you need to let your team help you. Like you need to stop being an idiot. You need to stop. You need to shut up and stop being an idiot. Or we just had. If you watch Arrow, uh, spoilers. The whole last season was like still going. Yeah, it's like Oliver uh, Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow, is a bad leader. And he has a hard time working with others and keeping the team together. And so, like... Didn't they already do that? Exactly! That might have been one of the last seasons I stopped watching. <laughs> right, where... And then, so, so these shows, they start well, repeating themselves. Okay. To, to be fair, though, this isn't unique to... This is not unique to superhero no. stories. But because there's so many superheroes... Like, it's it's, it's, well, it's, it's a like, problem with long-form storytelling in general. Well, it's also... it's Every every genre sort of also has their own versions of this. So I started watching uh, Jack Ryan as a way to get away from superhero fatigue. Have you watched any of that? I watched one episode with my parents, and it seemed okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, but like... So, the, the basic premise seems to be uh, there's this terrorist who... He's a terrorist... Because his country was bombed, and he, he was his village where he lived was bombed by uh, what looks like it's the U.S. when mm. he was a kid, and so now he's a terrorist. Okay, how many times have we seen that sort of story or heard that sort of story in um, in sort of like espionage thriller, in political thriller type things? This country did something to my country when I was a child, and now it even leaks into superheroes. Yeah. But part of it is you're getting now. I just that's fresh for me right now because I haven't watched anything. And with, from 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 current current military world politics stuff, I could see it being wrong because normally it's like it's like how modern warfare it's Russia. Right. Um, or in sort Soviet of, Russia. Sort of. Uh, that, well, maybe that's not exact, but you get the idea. Right. It's like, normally it would be something like Russia or like the one or, uh, or, James or, Bond movie's Korea or something like that. Or, or that's the other one. It's like, okay, it's post-Cold War and tensions with Russia are rising again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something go. like that where you have these. And so it's the same with any genre. But the problem is, like, like I said, if you... You know, watch every Overindulge, like you watch every MCU movie in theaters, and then watch it at least once or twice at home afterwards. And you watch every DC movie a couple times, and you watch every DC show. Which I, I don't know why I'm not getting this DC service. I, I don't. <laughs> it's um, it's like the CW with worse acting and costumes. Um, oh yeah, that's what they're doing the Teen Titans, but right, it's gritty. Yeah, it's like gritty. Where they literally say "f Batman." Yes, <laughs> you're like, what? Where's Batman? Like crunch. I just stepped on somebody's face because I'm Dick Grayson, and now I'm like. It's like this is this is exactly what people liked about Batman versus Superman. I tell you. Yeah, what. let's double down on that with worse oh. costumes and worse dialogue, uh, oh. if that was possible. So maybe you can get an idea of why I'm fatigued, but. I do see some. I see some bright spots here, as well. Yes. Um, so you watched. You recently watched Jessica Jones season two, right? And I would like to do an episode of the podcast on just that because I don't know about the other sh- Netflix shows, but Jessica Jones season two has solidified the opinion that Jessica Jones is the best done Netflix Marvel show, and that it is. 
thematically coherent and consistent between the first two seasons. Like the second right. season is somehow carrying on ideas from the first season, but still tackling new themes. And the directions the characters go, while there's some ridiculous turn, well, I don't, I don't want to say ridiculous, but there's some very like that is such an incredibly TV move to do. They handle it well, and and. Jessica, like that's the thing. Jessica Jones doesn't feel like I'm watching just a superhero story, and part of it's because of the protagonist, the protagonist who doesn't really want to be a hero. Um, what, and what, how I see, especially in season two, how I see Jessica Jones is everyone is is damaged, and everyone is just trying to make it work, however they can, whatever they need to do. Whether you're a celebrity. Whether you're a superhero, whether you're a, you know, rich, high-powered lawyer, you're well, everyone's damaged and wrong. broken, and everyone's trying to become fixed. Everyone's, everyone's trying, trying to, trying to everyone's trying to figure out a way to fix no, it. You're and not entirely some people just some you just can't. You're not entirely wrong, and maybe it was better to leave this for a Jessica Jones episode. But for me, like the core theme of that season can't be wrapped up as easily as the like the first season is control right period end of story you can like interpret it all the different ways the show does from that one word the second season a little harder to do trust trust family family and what the lies we tell ourselves i think is one of them both about who we are and who we think other people are Hmm. I think that's a big major idea, and that honestly, when you think about it, is an interesting thing to take with a superhero show. Yeah, the lies we talk because it, it relates to all of the personal relationships, and even like what I really like too is they keep they do something better than regular TV, which is the first season. You know, you had a drug addicted character, and he got you know clean, but the second season, it's not gone. It's something that lingers. It continues yeah. to be a part of Where their life now, and identity. He's now find a, found another addiction. He's finding other things to try and fill that void. But and he's not just like he's a fixed. He's like a fixed addict. He's somebody. He's still. He's still broken. He's still trying to. Yes, he's still trying to figure something still, out. Yeah, figure something out to and fix that. I and I like that. how they did. And technically, Iron Fist is doing that as well, but less effectively. And that, that, but that's because it's Iron Fist. I mean, even if it's better than the first season. It's it's Iron Fist. It feels so weird to watch. Like it, it is the one show that feels like it only exists so that the Defenders could exist, and the Defenders was a major letdown. So why does Iron Fist exist again? You know why? Because Colleen, I think it's Colleen, Colleen Wing, Colleen and Misty Knight need their own series. Yes, they are the best when they're together. And I, they need their own series. They're both the best characters in both of those shows. I hope that what they do next is do was it Daughters of the Dragon, and are these story arcs from the comics? Uh, they're like not story arcs. They're like uh, like teams and Heroes for Hire. Maybe please do Heroes for Hire. Well, who I, who else would be in that? Because Heroes for Hire is definitely... Heroes for Hire is Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Heroes for Hire. Oh, so in other words, team ups. You know, Iron Fist needs someone to bounce off of. Yes, and I think I think that would be a good because I think there's also um, I haven't watched Iron Fist season two, but it would be you haven't finished Luke Cage season two. I yet haven't either. finished Luke and Cage where, season two yet. Where Luke Cage season two ends would not be a good spot for Heroes for Hire, or maybe not. Oh, the, where season one end wasn't a good spot either. I, I the Marvel shows. Are a little bit of a different animal because while there's still a lot of superhero-ish stuff, they are a little bit more of like prestige TV or whatever, where we deal yeah. with serious issues. Yeah, and, and th- th- I have mixed feelings about that too, which is sort of because like I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna probably say a couple of minor spoilers for Iron Fist season two, but like a couple of side characters, one of them just revealed dramatically that they're pregnant with another character's child and it's like at first it's like oh man and then i'm sitting there like wait a minute that's like a really soap opera turn and these aren't even (laughs) major characters why do i care about this why is this in here and it's because now that it's prestige tv you basically do a soap opera storyline but with better acting and better dialogue and more punching 
and um, more punching and yes. more punching. Um, well, right. Well, I think I think and more also, more blatant sex scenes. Yeah. Well, also with more blatant. So I haven't again. I haven't finished Luke Cage season two, so I don't know exactly where it's going. Well, where uh, are you? Well, I what episode are you? Uh, I forget. Like four or five. Okay, maybe. so you're not even halfway. Yeah, not even halfway. Um, but so I think there's a lot of political themes in, in Luke Cage where you see kind of the nature of... There's, there's definitely a corollary between Luke Cage's celebrity and sort of that of, a, of black athletes and other things mm. where they come out of the ghetto... And they even do the scene where he's doing all of the he's the, the sports stuff, the yeah, sports yeah, yeah. Stuff, like the sort of like the NFL combine, but he's like ridiculous and beats all the tests, no problem. I wish they did better with that. I wish yeah. they really did. And what, but and again, what I can see this is going somewhere that that shows these shows just don't really go. And then it stops. That's the unfortunate thing. And right. then it's a shame because it kind of feeds into the the what happens when you're king of the hill angle. Mm -hmm. Like that is effectively the story of the show, and that's where it ends on. Like they they have this story told by the Bushmaster guy about like um, the king of the hill and, what, and mm -hmm. the, the people at the bottom always looking up to the king of the hill. The king of the hill likes their spot because they can survey, but then you never see the guy coming up the hill. Right. And the end of the season, you haven't heard that story in a while, but the end of the season, it visually retells that. It visually retells that, and it's very good, but at the same time, it's kind of like... You, not, you could have gone here better. You could have gotten here better. Right, and that's also where one of my struggles with these shows is the, the length. And... Mm. I don't know. I, I definitely Iron Fist season one, possibly, possibly either of the Daredevil seasons could have been shorter. I think this is just you know I I, I can see where a lot of the like even Jessica Jones season two, season one maybe I'd have to go back and rewatch the whole thing, but season two. I know there's a couple areas they could have definitely trimmed. Yeah, season yeah, Jessica Jones season two as well. You'd see Jessica Jones season one is tough because that was that was essentially two different shows. I felt like about at about the halfway point. Um, that was sort one of, of the few ones where I. So I think I think we're safe with how old is Jessica Jones at this point? About two years, but I still wouldn't go into spoilers. Two, you never know. You never know. There's a there's a big the first half of the season. Is like a I don't know how to describe it. There's just it's tension. It is it is tense, and you like it's you're on the edge of your seat the entire it's time, every second. It's being under someone's thumb versus having control. Right. Again, there's themes of control, and it's just it's kind of stressful. And it kept me, I think I watched the first six episodes of the season in one sitting because it was so tense and I had to keep on. Because you, you need that release of the tension. Right, and there never, it never comes until about halfway through the season. And then it sort of feels like... It's after, never that tense again. It never, right, it, you lose that excitement uh, in the second half. And, and so I think where you have definitely benefits to how you can expand on these characters and these themes like we talk about you talk about themes of, um, of of accepting help and all these other things where in Avengers the first Avengers movie right Iron Man and Thor and Captain America whatever, I mean it's all about learning they all, they all need to basically go through this this whole thing in five minutes but you do it in a TV show and, and it's the whole season. It can be a whole season of developing themes, and if it's done well, it's it's great. But then the second season could end up retroactively going back on that, and right. as with all these premium shows, like yeah. you even see it in Once Upon a Time, where a characters all their progress in one season wiped out in the first episode of the next. Season, right, um, is a good example. And I think see that's where, and that's also become a problem with what. So Jessica Jones, we've had twenty six total episodes. Same with all these Marvel shows, right? So, you know, Arrow. On the CW, we've had over a hundred episodes at this point. Yeah. And so, where there are interesting stories to tell, like, 
and there were, I think there were a couple great seasons of Arrow. I really liked that show, and I actually, you, some of the idea, you run out of ideas, and you just, you circle back, and even where this most recent season was really well executed, I think the first half was stronger than the second half, you, you're still, there's no more stories to tell. There's and so you just end up repackaging different versions of something from Oliver's past is now in his present and it wants to destroy his city and... You can't just have a new threat. Someone's got to have a vendetta against him. Right, you have to... Right. And it's funny though you say some of that because some of it is also the network it's on. If there is a successful show on the CW, they're going to make that last as long as possible and the fan base is going to eat it up because the fan base isn't necessarily going to want good storytelling they're going to want whatever it is that made like the superficial elements that made. and this sounds very very insulting but when you consider how long supernatural's been on the air and how for more than half of that running length it's been going back and forth between Sam so wait, no no Dean Dean I can't trust you Dean I can't trust you Sam Sam I need you to trust me versus <laughs> Sam Sam I can't trust you Sam Dean Dean I need you to trust me and back and forth, one season right. after the next. That's the, that's what happens. I tried and getting into Supernatural at some point. It already been running for eight seasons, and I'm like, I just don't know if I have 160 episodes. To <laughs> the fir- the five, five or six seasons of it are good. It reaches a natural stopping point where you're like, oh, man, that's a great place to end. And, of course, they're going to have more seasons after that. That completely overrides that natural stopping point and makes it purposeless. Right. Like that that's and people will say there's a lot of great moments, but it's like what it becomes is this machine for making gifs or gifs if you're one of those losers. Um, see what you think when you say gifs? Like it sounds like you're saying like gifs. It's a gift. It's a gift. It is it's a, a gift. gift. <laughs> but it's a gif. Oh, it is not peanut butter. All right, um, next episode we'll we'll, we'll, no. say, we'll stop <laughs> yeah, 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 that'll be the entire debate. Gif or gif. It's going to end with somebody's fist landing in the other person's bloody pulpy face. And you'll, you we'll make find a, out we'll make a GIF after. of it and post it on, on oh, Ramble Pack oh, 64. God, God no. <laughs> um, ugh. GIF. God. Like graphics thing. interface form or inter... Yeah, interface format. Like, the, graphics. Gah. Gah, 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 gah. Like, GIF. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, like a giraffe. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways... I don't even remember where we... Oh, yeah, Supernatural. But that's the thing. Like, So well, o- o- Oliver Queen exists so that women can post on Tumblr or gay men or whoever... Okay, whatever your preference for men is... Or straight men who just really like Steve Really like watching it, Steve Amell get ripped with those the, the salmon. You know, he, you know, that was what... That's the problem with this past season. The salmon ladder. It's not you there? Know, I don't think he did the salmon ladder once this season. Right? Is you he getting the, too old for it? No, maybe he just, he just got tired of it or something. Because, yeah, that's, that, that was like a regular part. Right, he's always that's doing like the Bart Simpson life. writing on the chalkboard every episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, it's like at some point, shirtless Stephen Amell doing the salmon ladder, and he's all scarred up and like, yeah, like, I'm some kind of superhero guy. I was on an island for five years. Did you know I was on an island for five years? <laughs> um, Let me have a flashback to when I was on an island for five years, but have, not on the island. You have failed this city. Oh. Uh, so, but, right, so you get into, there's there's this balance that these shows have to watch. And this is part of what lends to my fatigue is that, right, I've watched 115 episodes. It was a season five or season six? I don't even know. I think it was season five. So I've watched like 115, 20 episodes of Arrow. It could be season seven. I haven't watched in a few years. Um, or I think we just had season four of Flash, so I've watched close to 100 episodes of Flash. And, I mean, how many hours of Marvel movies have I watched? And then my kids want to watch the cool parts again. So I've seen... Just the, the cool parts. Just the cool parts. So I've seen, like, the first five minutes of Thor Ragnarok and the last ten minutes of Thor Ragnarok. Um... <laughs> I don't know how many times at this point. Or, you know, the a few years ago was the uh, Avengers New York City scene. The whole, like, you know, about from when... Man, uh, what? That's the, the, my secret. 
This is, I'm always angry. This is this is my old man phase because it's like when I was their age, I had to put in the Godzilla video cassette and I had to watch from the beginning of that awful dubbed stuff all the way to the last 15 minutes with the actual giant monsters fighting. I had to watch all of that awful plot just to get to the good part. What is with these kids today? These kids today, spoiled, I know, and it's not even awful. They're rotten by technology. Like, they basically totally skipped Jeff Goldblum. I mean, that's what? a travesty. It's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> he, they don't have any of the memorable quotes the like we had growing up in Jurassic Park. Melt stick. This oh, isn't man. a melt stick situation. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, um, that's the thing though. You've had to deal with all the superhero stuff. Whereas I've been able to take breaks from it, but even then, like, and even now, like, even after playing Spider-Man, there is still that element where, like, the Captain Marvel trailer comes out, and the only thing that really, when I try and think of it again, that stands out is there is a blockbuster video in the trailer. Yeah. That, that, that's I what it, I remember. I watched it twice. And the first time, I was like, I guess it's gonna be another Marvel superhero movie. That's and basically second, what it feels like. The second time I was like, okay, like this, there's some, I'm feeling some kind of emotion here, but I'm not sure what it is. And I'm just, I, you know, I'm thankful. I am thankful to Marvel. Thank you, Marvel, because you released Infinity War in, what was it, May? Yes. And you are not releasing another movie until next year. And I raised my glass to... Well, they did release Ant-Man and Wasp Oh, after shoot, that. that's right, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Still, that was like August. <laughs> and you forgot again. <laughs> See, this is why I'm fatigued because then I went. And, and this is like where we were going. To, we were going to discuss well, we that on the Ant podcast, and, the and then it's like, wait a minute, what, 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 what would I talk about in that movie? And I feel like there were things that I could talk about, but I'd need to watch it again and right. podcast immediately after because otherwise, I mean, I enjoyed it. What happened again? I think La Cucaracha was still the the, 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 the car horn. <laughs> and, uh, oh man, the uh, truth serum. Oh, yes. The truth serum. serum. Yeah, okay, truth so the more you uh, think about it, the, the more, more it comes back. There are some really... But Lawrence so, Fishburne. He's Lawrence in the movie. Fishburne was good. Yeah, he did a good job. And oh. so, and this is also part of my problem, too, and I, I think this is not a problem, not a problem for you, is... As a, you know, married man with a full-time job and three children, the, the time I have to consume various types of media, be it watching shows, going to the movies, um, playing video games, is a bit more limited. And so part of my problem is all I've seen in theaters... I'm trying to remember the last non-superhero film I've seen in theaters. Like, I'm going back and It's going to be like, a Star Wars movie. Uh, yeah, Star Wars. Right, Star Wars. Exactly. The Last Jedi. And unfortunately, because of and, the nature of The Last... Like, they're trying to capture oh, no, the same... Oh, no, it was Solo. I saw Solo in theaters. Okay. I saw... But... It's still trying that same Marvel style. It's trying to get the comedy, the high points, the low points, the formula still. Right. Because still, Marvel has... Even though I mean, like, Marvel... Re like... Marvel did the Hollywood blockbuster formula really good, and their revision of the template, I'll, I'll call it, has become the new standard template. Right. What used to be, like, like after Independence Day, everyone tried the Independence Day template. That's why, say, Michael Bay's Transformers has all of these characters spread across the world that come together by the end. Whereas Iron Man's changed that, like, Iron Man comes out to that and it's like, man, this is a really good story. Focus on this one character. And it just has all the set pieces you want. You laugh, you cry. You don't really cry, but you... you you're, yeah, if you like, cried at Iron Man, you've got a problem. There's enough tension in this for me to believe that someone's at risk, I guess. Right. Oh, um, well, now, part of that is, that is, to some degree, it's the Christopher Nolan that, anyway, that 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 sort of... Iron Man has the entire... It's not. Mm -hmm. What did they? No, no, no. See, I see where, where I see. I, I want to see where Nolan. Where I see Nolan in all of this is that Nolan grounded it. Batman Begins was a story about a person who is a superhero who lives in a world where, and in the Dark Knight, it was where where these things were a man in. 
armor and things. It wasn't silly. Fight crime. It wasn't. It wasn't silly. It didn't laugh at itself. And so I think where Iron Man came in, Marvel took that and took that the the Hollywood formula and took the Nolan, the Nolan for the no what Nolan did with Batman, and they they put them together and made a beautiful baby out of that, and that baby is the MCU. I will disagree. I think the first credit goes to Sam Raimi and Spider Man. Oh, Spider-Man, yeah. Same Rami Spider- I mean, X-Men 2, X-Men helped bring it around, but the thing is, X-Men was all like, they make fun of the yellow spandex, versus Sam Raimi made the Green Goblin look awful, but everyone was willing to buy into it anyway. Yeah. Sam Raimi is in love with camp. What Christopher Nolan did was removed a bunch of that camp. He minimized it. It was well, still no- camp. Right. But he minimized the camp in Batman Begins. But here's the difference between him and then where you get the MCU. John, I like John Favreau as a writer and director. John Favreau does not have the style that Christopher That's Nolan true. or Sam Raimi have. Um, like a lot of people go against like the idea of an auteur these days, but some directors have a signature style. They know how to get the right people to get the right look. And they you know the right editors and the right writers to get them what they want. And then, of course, you know, the director... I mean, the director kind of does herd cats. You are yeah. overseeing, like, just because you don't do everything doesn't mean you're not the one getting the right people for the job. Um, so, I mean, you're still overseeing everything. So, Christopher Nolan and Sam Raimi have their signature style. Sam Raimi's very campy. So you know you well, watch you you watch okay. Spider Man two and there's Evil Dead in there, right? But it's also, and I think there there's a little bit of this in the MCU, where Spider Man really towed the line between camp and the the seriousness of. Here's the difference. The other where here's the difference because Iron Man doesn't really have the camp either, but. Whereas you have a movie like Batman Begins takes Ra's al Ghul and, or Ra's al Ghul, however you pronounce it, takes the Lazarus Pits out of the equation altogether and just makes it a title, maybe, or a deception. I'm still not sure on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet Iron Man, like as you said, grounded. Bane isn't hooked up with Venom. He's not big. Like he's not as huge as he is in the comics. He's just a buff, buff guy. Right. He's just uh, with yeah. a weird mask. Whereas Iron Man has this supernatural suit that works on the magic of science, and he fights an even bigger suit at the end. It's Sam Raimi comic book level, but without the camp, but still not grounded. It's. It's grounded, I think it's grounded differently, again, because it's not... Again, now we're, we're talking about the minutia of sort of the differences in, in all these, these superhero things. It's... It doesn't really, like, when until Red and Hillier, you know, getting out your pen and paper and saying, Ooh, well, you know, Tony Stark couldn't survive because the G-Force is created by the suit, and, you know... Like Nobody Neil cares, Tyson, or whatever. Nobody yeah. cares, John. Nobody cares about that stuff. Right, um, Janet. Right, nobody. Right, the stuff that nobody cares about. Nobody cares about your unused science degree while you work at Walmart. So, you you took that out, but you sort of you asked people what you did was instead of saying like, "Wow, it's a superhero movie with superheroes," you asked people for these two hours, "Will you believe?" That this man is so smart that he could invent this suit. That this former, that this drug addict or recovering drug addict <laughs> right. from rehab, who made a pretty, who did pretty well in a Shane Black movie, is gonna right. be a good hero for a PG thirteen film. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I um, no, it's, it's kind of a weird jump, but it's still Robert Downey Jr. being Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and and so I think that's kind of where. Where I see Nolan is, Nolan took, you know, a man in a bat suit. And he made us sit down and say, we're going to believe for a minute that this is a perfectly sensible thing to do <laughs> for a for a man. Maybe not a sensible thing for someone to do, but a perfectly 
believable thing Perfectly for believable for, some, for a man to do, to dress up in a bat suit and punch criminals in the face. There is a or different ha- suspension of disbelief. There's, there, there's yes. a little bit of difference, but I think that's that's kind of where that's where I see some connection, some influence there. Where Marvel said, "Okay, but we need to have fun with it." Yes, but we don't need to. We don't want to be campy, and we I don't do, want to be Spider-Man three. You know what? Because that that was always there. Because they still oversaw the um, the Incredible Hulk, and the Incredible Hulk was a very even then. Even that early, released in the same year, The Incredible Hulk had a very similar tone and style to Iron Man. Not as successful, but they basically, like Marvel, Kevin Feige, the producer, had a direction he wanted these movies to go. And he had a tone and an idea he wanted them to have. And comedy helped. And everyone knows, like, comedy will help. If you can make people laugh. And that was as true, like, even, I mean, again... You know, Jurassic Park, when you gotta go, you gotta go. They had jokes. Everyone loves Jeff Goldblum because of his jokes in that movie. Um, Independence Day, Will Smith. Being Will Smith. And that's actually, I I almost feel like that's that's almost like a reference point. Like early Michael Bay, Joel Silver type movies, to some degree are a reference point for the MCU. Where we had, we... That's kind of what I was saying, though. Again, a new yeah. template. They right. revised the template. They took what we expect out of blockbuster movies, which is somewhere in a lot of ways where this, even the superhero movies were at the time. You expect a blockbuster movie to have an arc that eventually increases the scale of the set pieces. It's an action film, but like take an action film of the 80s and water it down, no blood... The, the, the stakes got to keep raising. And that's true of most stories. You want, yeah. by the third act, the stakes to be as high as they can be for that story. Um, but, and where I'll give something like Ant-Man and Wasp a lot of credit, those stakes weren't, the whole world's in danger. Right. It was this very personal matter that happens to be taking place on the city streets. Yeah. But... It's not world-shattering. It is the highest stakes for these characters right now. But it's not. It doesn't have to be, if we don't do something, all these people that become a meaningless statistic are going to die. Right. And that's... That is... So that's that's somewhere where the the MCU has, I think, done a a generally good job in that we've... They've done a good job with the yo-yo, right? Where Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk... And even Thor, to some degree, they walk the dog instead of vary in quality. Right. That they well, no, just in terms of <laughs> in terms of stakes, that you know the oh yeah 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 well that that the the, the stakes aren't where and then you go to the Avengers and now the stakes are the world and then you bring it back a little bit. No, they didn't. They really didn't really bring it. Back Iron Man two. What are the stakes in Iron Man? Was before 2? Avengers. Oh yeah. Iron Man three was America and the president. America, the president. I mean, you're right. Two, it wasn't. It two, wasn't as big as New York. Okay. It wasn't right. As, sort of. I mean, uh, it well, wasn't I mean, an alien invasion that was going to take over the whole world. Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, Thor two. Because I'm also thinking Guardians of the Galaxy. Because Guardians of the Galaxy was one of those where it's like, oh no, this planet full of people and makeup. I'm uh, so, so I feel so bad for them because they're going to show a child in danger, but they'd never, in a PG-13 film, show a child die. That's, yeah. Right, okay, so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is another one where it's not, you don't, you, you brought the stakes down. Thor, the Dark World, we try to forget about Thor, the Dark World. Um, I've heard in the, in the Marvel movie marathons they were doing before Infinity War, that's where you sleep. <laughs> Thor, the Dark World. Um... And, yeah. and which and is a shame bring, because there's a lot of creative ideas in that final f- set piece fight, but nobody remembers it anyway. Right. Because the whole movie is just kind of. But anyway, so the fact that I have seen all these movies and can talk at length about all these movies again adds to this whole idea. This is all I've been watching for for years, and now it seems like um, I, I recently saw some friend post on Facebook, and is like, "Hey." We haven't watched anything but superhero movies in like five years. Has anything good come out 
that I should watch in that time. And then all the people without children or aren't in relationships come in like, oh yeah, man, there's all this good stuff. It's kind of like after Netflix, I'm probably going to want... Well, that's actually... The, this is also part of the problem, too, because I was going to say, after Netflix, I might actually go back and watch Voltron. Does Voltron count as superheroes? Maybe? As much as Thor counts as superheroes? It's weird. It's because Especially because Voltron's straddling that line because it's also anime. And anime and superheroes, like, have their crossover. They have their sort of in-between uh, because... Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, especially because a lot of popular anime like Dragon Ball Z is from shonen comics, which shonen means, you know, kind of middle school boys, teenage boys. Yeah. Um, I forget what the term for adult men is and adult women. Um, I think Jose is adult women, but you have like these, these comics with these target audiences and a lot of stuff that comes over like Naruto, like, then what's the big idea with these different, My Hero Academia, which is superheroes. Right. I'm getting superheroes in a Japanese interpretation now, too. Right, um, but at the very least, you're probably getting some different kinds of stories and some different well, versions of cool, tropes with... The cool perspective from... This is true, because they basically take a lot of ideas from American culture and either mix them with Japanese tropes that are very common to this shonen medium, but also, like, because, like, when you become a superhero, you're effectively a government employee. <laughs> Completely different from the direction that America takes it. And even if America made you a government employee, it would be like Watchmen. Like, you would right. be, like, the comedian kind of a deal. You'd be spec ops kind of stuff. You wouldn't be just... You, you wouldn't be behaving you like a vigilante, America, but you're still a public like, service. Like, let me punch Hitler for the cameras. Yeah, <laughs> Which is kind of what it ends up being, and that's part of the interesting element where what you end up seeing is because superhero is a paid profession, and there's rankings about the number one, the number two, like, there's enough people that are heroes that a lot of people are getting into it, and some people, they get into it to become a celebrity, and there's very mercenary attitudes, and therefore you have a villain come up that's, you know, about, like, he kills heroes that he finds unworthy. And there's very few that he's like, that's a real hero. That's someone that means it. That's someone that's not doing it for the glory. They're doing it to help people. And that's interesting. Right. That's kind of different. And it happens because what are heroes but vigilantes? In, and that's even that's straddling the line. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, a lot of people point out because of the nature of the communication, it's like... We gotta talk about how Spider-Man's a narc in Spider-Man PS4 and how he's working with the cops. And then it's like, I just watched Luke Cage, Luke, watched Luke Cage, which is a black man working with the police. Right. Like, I mean, not as much, not as heavily involved. Like, it's a little different. Spider-Cop. Yeah, it's, and that's the thing. People are like, <laughs> let's talk about Spider-Cop and how it's problematic. And it's like, uh, look, and I'll admit, it's become so expected that the NSA is listening as we record this. That Spider Cop is listening. Exactly, Spider Cop is listening. That you don't even think about the fact that, oh, I'm setting up CCTV network kind of things for communication that is technically spying on people, I guess? Or maybe that's just how people read it. Because for me, it's yeah. like, okay, I get a map. And I get to hear where the like it was like what he did like it's a radio. I guess I guess the question is if you're, if you're going to use this mechanic, what are your options here? Okay, the police have some kind of radio network for connecting this, or would it be better if it were Oscorp? Yeah, <laughs> right. Are like, you connecting to TV? Uh, you're to setting a, up cell phone towers. Right, you're fixing all Oscorp's towers or something like that, and it's like. Or I mean, the option is you don't make it a, a mechanic at all. But even like Infamous did something like this. Right. It's. A, I mean, it's a. It's it's Assassin's Creed. It's uh, what do they call them? Vantage points, not vantage points. Yeah, vantage point. I think is it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, like you only Spider-Man doesn't like do a graceful dive into the I mean, hay bale while the eagles. I don't know. That that's more of a crow, I think. But anyways, well, it was, a, um, it was an e like a falcon or an eagle. It would do its thing. I can't. Whatever it does. Yeah. <laughs> don't. don't. <laughs> um. That's the worst vulture I've ever heard. <laughs> but um, it's it's 
I mean, and part of it does for some of these things become a matter of I'm kind of tired of seeing these uh, characters portrayed again. I think that is one of the things that the Netflix Marvel shows have as an advantage that I'm I'm finding out about uh, villains I've never heard of. Whereas Spider-Man PS4, it's like, oh, I know all these guys. They're, it's, it's, it's Rhino, oh, it's hey, Vulture, hey, it's look, Scorpion. About, yeah, they're a Rhino, yeah, oh, shocker. Yeah, oh, it's, it's all shocker. these guys, I know these what guys. What a like, shocker. So, what a shocker. Oh, hey, oh. oh. You, you know they're going to ev eventually introduce Venom. Like, you know, they're going to hit the big... Whereas, like... And, and part of this is because I've been... I didn't get to read a lot of Deadpool comics, but I read enough that... Sorry, slight spoilers for Iron Fist here. When I figured out Typhoid Mary is in Iron Fist Season 2, I was like... Oh my goodness, they got Typhoid Mary! I know that character! <laughs> I know that! That is so obscure for them to go. Because, really, I mean... Who... I understood that reference. Exactly, I understood that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows See, all Typhoid I can Mary? do is speak in superhero movie quotes, because that's all I've seen. We need to fix that. We need to finally get on our series where we talk about video game movies. We gotta go all the way back, bro. We gotta uh, watch House of the Dead by you both. Oh, don't make me watch you <laughs> roll movies. House of the uh, Dead sincerely funny. It's it's bad enough watching Paul W. S. Anderson movies. You gotta watch you. No, 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 no. House of the Dead is funny. But anyways, that's a little off topic. Um, no, we we would probably start as like Mortal Kombat or something. Mortal Kombat. Even though that's Paul kinda, W. S. Anderson. You're right. You're Come right. Come on, man. Okay, we'll start with Super Mario Brothers. That one's always interesting to talk about. <sighs> Especially when you know it's background history, man. But yeah. Anyways, that's that's. I don't know. I don't know. I, honestly, I think I already have super, uh, video game movie fatigue. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't watched any. Did you watch two? I mean, I watched Tomb Raider this year, and it wasn't bad. Wasn't I, good. I didn't see it wasn't the new, bad. I didn't see the new Tomb Raider. If you go to www.ramblepack64.com and select under archives, silver screenings, you will find my write-up on the Tomb Raider movie. Anyways, <laughs> we do need to be close to wrapping up. I'm sure our listeners have uh, discussion fatigue from us. The discussion fatigue, yeah. Everything fatigue, right? Everything's fatigue. No, I mean, maybe we should do some stuff. Like Maybe I should just figure out some movies to bring over for you to watch. But we'll see. We'll see. Because that's part of the... I mean, Hollywood doesn't help right now. The biggest pushed stuff, the biggest money is going to be either superheroes or stuff that's trying to imitate its success, or something like, you know, we still got Harry Potter movies. You've got the, uh, what is it, the Nutcracker. Disney's making a Nutcracker film that looks like they're basically trying to make Alice in Wonderland again. Oh, yeah. And then they finally now, put Tim Burton on a suitable film. They gave him Dumbo. It comes with its trippy, weird sequence that he's perfect for, and it's about an outcast like he's perfect for. That is actually... Finally! Uh, finally! So, like, one of the ones that I've actually been really... I, I didn't get to catch in theaters that I'm just waiting for the digital release on is the new Mission Impossible. Which, mm. though, that's a franchise film, but I felt like, I'm like, hey, this is the superhero movie. Even though it does have Henry Cavill in it. Um, it does have a new travel, but he does a much better job as uh, whatever he is than he is. Then, then the guy who has to reload his fists. Because yeah. uh, I haven't seen the last, uh, the last mission. Of, I guess I should watch the last, the previous one, because he's in that one too, I believe. No, I didn't realize. Yeah, I think he's in the previous one as well. Um, and then watch, watch Fallout when it comes out. That'll be non-superhero things to watch. See, I also like terrible comedies. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is on Netflix. That's. I, I think that's I've, straddling the line, but I think that's, that's action, the problem. Even, but even movies that are got, action movies, even well, movies that are action you can't movies. even watch that movie anymore. It's got Captain America, it's got Miss Marvel, it's got it's Superman got Returns Superman slash the Adam. He's the Adam. He is the Adam, and he's also he's also in Chuck. Which I'm is pretty a spy sure. Show. I'm pretty sure one of the vegan police is was is, is Punisher. I think I read that. I saw that somewhere. I'd have to double check. The nose might not be right. Because one of them looks like a low, uh, discount Hugh Jackman. But anyway, so... Uh, I can't even watch Scott Pilgrim. It's just like, I know, like, what's... Why did Scott just kill Captain America? <laughs> um, but he does such a good job as uh, a skater, bro. I may have actually seen that movie more times than I've seen all the MCU movies combined, though, at this point. I mean, it's a movie worth watching. I, like, I would watch it, like, weekly. 
for a while. If you can, you should read the comics. I have. Comics, oh, well, there you go. I, I, saw that, I saw that a movie was coming out, and I'm like, what is this? And then I read all the comics, and then I saw the movie in theaters, and then I bought the Blu-ray, and then I watched it like once a week for <laughs> like years or something. Poor, so. poor, poor, your poor wife. My poor wife. Uh, but, I mean, I guess that's, I mean, maybe we'll talk about it when you're out of superhero fatigue. I mean, if you ever have the opportunity, because again... We have Black Panther looking at us right now. Your kids still... I mean, granted, your kids also like Pokemon. And Mario. They also like Sonic and Mario. And Sonic, yeah. So they have all of this other stuff they also enjoy. So there, there is that, at least. There's just true. I have had some, you know, superhero staring at me at, at all times for, like, I think I have a better understanding now. now of why you're as addicted to Destiny as you are. Because a miss. All of the superhero type stuff, Destiny is the perfect escape from that. Yes. Because it doesn't feel superheroes, even if some of the powers, even if there's Captain America's shield, it doesn't feel like you're a superhero. No. I it's, get what you mean. It's, a, okay. it's like a dark sci-fi fantasy at this point. Which... which Maybe when Chris gets Forsaken, we'll have to, we'll have to do a, an episode. It's looking like I might get it at, on, the, on the state of the destiny, uh, which the state of the destiny is is two thumbs up right now, but that's a whole other story. I pr it's probably going to be one thumb up, one thumb down. You haven't been to the Dreaming City yet. Yeah. Well, you have to get there because the Dreaming City is, is changing every week. Oh man! Every week, there's like taken balls everywhere now, That's and a new zone opened up with an exotic quest at the bottom of the zone. Yeah, but taking, I need help. You said taken balls, and now I, I'm 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 not <laughs> sure. I I think I want to go back on my word. Here. Remember, remember how in Fellowship of the Ring when no. they fight the troll. I don't know. No, don't don't go further. Don't go any further with this. Do you mean to this? I don't want to remember nothing. I don't know what if lies you like, you're going to make. You pause up. it at just that the right moment. That movie was PG-13. You're not going to tell me nothing. <laughs> Anyways, on that bombshell. Thank you for listening, folks. I hope you enjoyed. If you got any comments, feel free to email ramblepack64 at gmail.com. Everything is ramblepack64. No C in pack. So, RamblePack64.com, YouTube.com slash RamblePack64, Facebook.com slash RamblePack64. I'm saying that with a weird accent. RamblePack64 at gmail.com. Yeah, it's like yeah, a joke because N64 had the Rumble Pack. I hate you. <laughs> Everybody have a, a good night this except is a for you, Ramble Steve. Ramble Pack. Except for you, Steve. Ramble, you have a Ramble. horrible night. I hope your children wake you up every hour on the hour. Good night.